0: I'd like to say that I'm, I'm very pleased to be here in front of you. I'm glad that everyone stayed. Uh, Brother Aaron, I, I really enjoyed your classes this morning. They were excellent. And uh, I want to start off with a, a little story. Hands, not much to it. Uh, I was hunting and hunting uh, uh, with a couple of my brothers uh, in the faith. And uh, I was in one, one of them's deer stand. And... Uh, I kind of got bored, so uh, I was looking around, and I saw this little piece of white paper stuck in a crack. And so I pulled it out, and it was hard to read, but this is what it said. It said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth fruit in the season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. In this psalm, this is the first psalm of David, is found a wealth of knowledge and understanding, if we can study it out. Uh, When we're born into this world, certainly we come into it with nothing but our sin nature and it is certain when we leave this world we can carry nothing out but also one thing that is our hope so there are three ways that my dad used to explain when I was a boy at the service station. Three ways in which a man can follow after in this life. First way he would say is the ungodly it's the way of a brute beast following after his own lust. Second, is the way of the sinner or the unfaithful, which is a man that finds truth but then turns from it. We know that the Scripture says it would be better for this man if he had never known the truth. The third way, the way of the righteous. This is when one finds the truth and continues therein to fight that good fight against the flesh and persevere in His race for eternal life. Now, verse 1 states, The blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. If we are to be blessed, we must hear the words of Yahweh and understand and refuse them not. Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 8: Hearken unto me, for blessed are they that keep my way. This is key here: keep my way. Hear instruction. Watch daily. Waiting for His promise. Those shall obtain favor with the Lord. And in Proverbs 3, we are told to trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him and he shall direct our paths. David exhorts us in uh, Psalms 26 I have hated the congregation of evil doers and will not sit with the wicked. Brothers and sisters we cannot follow after the path of the wicked. We must be separate. and come out from among the world. Darkness. Uh, Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4. I want to start at verse 7. and then skip over to verse 13 and continue reading. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting get understanding. And now 13. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it pass by it, turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief. And their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. See, we've been talking about that today, in a sense, uh, about apostasy coming in. And uh, some people sleep not, taking them away to slip in. Uh, For they eat the bread of wickedness, and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words. Attend to my words. Incline thy ear unto my saying. That means to listen to what's being said. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips. Put far away from thee. Look thine, let thine eyes look straight on And let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder, ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy feet from evil. So, it tells us to hearken unto me. we are told to hearken unto me for blessed are they that keep my ways hear instruction watch daily waiting for his promise these shall obtain favor with God we are told to trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto understanding so what is that telling us? Our path is set. is set straight before us what we must do. We can't veer off in the wrong direction. We have to come back to the way. In Psalms 19, we are warned about keeping Yahweh's laws. If you would turn there. that we're warned about keeping Yahweh's laws, His judgments, His testimony, His statutes, and His commands. All these words are in this uh, reading, so follow along. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Moreover, to be desired... Are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb? Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. In keeping of them there is great reward. We can understand, who, excuse me, who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret fault we all have some secret thoughts I'm sure we need to be cleansed from that's what we do when we go in prayer keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins let them not have dominion over me then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent the great from the great transgression let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight O Lord my strength and my redeemer per presumptuous sins we're told to keep back from and not let them have dominion over us or rule over us in keeping Yahweh's laws, there is great reward because God will render to every man according to his deeds in Romans two. Paul is telling us that if we do well and seek to know Yahweh's laws, then obey. Okay, obey. This is the key word here, to obey. We can find eternal life. Because we have understood that the law that we are under is the law that we will be judged by. Whether the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus to justification and immortality, or to the law of sin and death, which leads only to death and decay. So if we reject what Yahweh has offered, He will reject us. I want to turn over to Romans and just read that. That's the second chapter of Romans. Start at verse 7, if you would please. To them who by patient continuance and well doing seek, seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But to them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, wrath, tribulation, anguish, upon every soul of man that doth evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile but glory honor peace to every man that worketh good didn't that that, that sound good that sounds wonderful to the Jew first and also to the Greek for there is no respect of persons with God for as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law as many as have been have sinned in the law shall be judged by that law for not the hearers hearers of the law are just before god but the doers this is key again but the doers of the law shall be justified for when the gentiles have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law. These having not the law are a law to themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts. Now, this is key. That's what we are to do. We're to show the works of the laws that God has, Yahweh has given us. We're to show these in our hearts by living it, you see? Uh, Like I said, if we reject what Yahweh has offered, then He will reject us. Uh, Now these keys that I, I mentioned show us that we have to apply Yahweh's laws. We have to not just know them, but we have to apply them in our lives. Uh, Back to Psalms 1. Uh, It says, "To To sit in the seat of the scornful is to reject or refuse and not believe what Yahweh has said, what His laws are. Proverbs 24, 9 states, the thought of foolishness is sin and the scorner is an abomination to men. And just imagine, if it's an abomination to men, what is it to Yahweh? It's worse than abomination. Also, Proverbs 19.29 tells us, <clears throat> Judgments are prepared for scorners and stripes for the backs of fools. But now, On the other side of this, as is the second part, the second verse of Psalms, to delight in the law of Yahweh is to accept His Word, to have joy, to be pleased with what He has done for us, for what He has offered us. David says in Psalms 119, 47, I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. Do we love the Lord's commandments? Do we love what He has told us? Paul writes in Romans 7, 22, For I delight in the law of Yahweh. Now why was Paul so delighted? in God's laws. What what made him delight in this? It was because of the wisdom and the understanding that he had. He understood what Yahweh had offered. He understood that is as in Romans eight one, that condemnation had been removed for those that are in Christ's name. He knew that the carnal mind is enmity against God and that if we live after the flesh, we would also die after the flesh. We know these same things. Paul put his trust in the Lord. He put his trust in the hope of the God of Jacob. The second part, again, the uh, second verse of Psalms 1 is about meditating. <laughs> this is thinking and studying of Yahweh's laws. We, as Christ's brothers and sisters, should constantly keep this at our forefront. We keep our eyes straight ahead to the law's commandments, statutes, precepts. They should be frontlets of our minds day and night. We must realize that this is what we have to do. Not just knowing, but in applying. Now, speaking of these laws or speaking of these doctrines for a moment we have all frequently heard men say that they attach much that they don't attach much importance to doctrine and that men apply their attention more on the living of a good life now I've also heard this said among uh some Christadins have said this it, it doesn't really sit right with me. And so, uh, but anyway it's uh, that man wrote our doctrine. It don't it don't like I said, it don't sit right with me. So from faith in the last days, John Thomas has this to say. The preaching of the apostles was guided by the Spirit and consisted of reasoning out of the scriptures. They appealed to the Old Testament for evidence of God's purpose. The New Testament was a complement to the Old Testament, and together they formed the source of any knowledge available. Of God's will. And that is based on definite, definite points of information which our belief concerning the future is founded. The apostles were urgent in pressing upon believers their duty to maintain sound doctrine. And warning was given when fables would be substituted of truth, and when men would rather believe a lie than the laws and doctrines of Yahweh. So, when men turn from truth, the lie becomes a power that blinds them. Paul puts it plainly. Because they received not the love of the truth, God would send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Also, Israel Collier, in Conviction and Conduct, has this to say, The actions of man may be very inferior to his beliefs. But they will never be superior to righteous conduct. Righteous conduct is simply right doctrine in practice. The living of a good life without a foundation of good doctrine is impossible. In every case, intelligent action. The thought must precede the deed. And thus, sound doctrine is the foundation of sound morality. Now, turn with me to 1 John. Please. (coughs) Chapter 3. I'm going to read uh, verse 24 and about three verses of four verses of the next chapter. In this uh in my uh Bible it has the word spirit. But what I want to do just for making the point of doctrine is I want to read doctrine in the place of spirit and see it's 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 plainer to me. I hope it is to you. Uh, so read. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the doctrine which he has given us. Continuing on, chapter 4. Beloved, believe not every doctrine, but try the doctrines, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone into the world. Hereby, Know ye this the doctrine of God. Every doctrine that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every doctrine that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the doctrine of Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that it should come and even now already is it in the world ye are of God little children and have overcome them now is this not a forefront of one of our doctrines that Christ came in the flesh he was just uh, he was like us and that he was made like us so that doesn't come from man it comes straight out of the inspired scripture Um. brothers and sisters let us not neglect our high calling Let us each one give ourselves over wholly to the love of what God has offered. Our doctor. Let's give ourselves over wholly to it. Uh, Let's look at 1 Timothy. Chapter 4. Start at verse 10. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men in Christ's name, I'll add, especially of those that believe, that have the correct belief. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, or that is doctrine, in faith, and in purity, which is love, till I come attendeth to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the Presbyterians. Meditate, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrines. Continue in them, for in doing so thou shalt save thyself and them that hear thee. <laughs> again to do is the key to do what we understand is God's laws, statutes and precepts, to do them I look back over to Psalms 1 verse 3 you can just keep your finger there because I'm going to just keep going back and forth there. till like it's fruit. And he should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season, and his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. A person that is well grounded in the truth will produce some fruit. How much is left up to each individual? How much fruit you want to produce? It's your choice. But if one is well grounded and waters it daily, studies, meditates, keeps it at his forefront, then he will produce more fruit. The scripture says, "A tree is known by the fruit that it produces. Proverbs 11.30 states, The fruit of the righteousness is a tree of life. So if we are to be blessed, we must produce much fruit in the Lord's vineyard. Turn with me over to uh, Jeremiah, please. 17. Start verse 7. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaves shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart, I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Now, uh, John Thomas in Eureka has a few words to say about this in volume 1 page 177 this tree is a perennial tree which lives forever its leaf shall not fade which is affirmable only of a tree incapable of decay in Isaiah I want to Instead of just reading it here, I'm going to turn over Isaiah 61. I want to read verses 3 and then skip over to 10 and 11. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them. Beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Verse 10 and 11 I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, my soul shall be joyful in my God, or in Yahweh. For He hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh herself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with jewels. For as the earth bringeth forth her bud, and as the garden causeth the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. Now continuing on with what Brother Thomas says, A man's victory over the world is not complete so long as he is engaged in the conflict of life. In this state of existence, then, a man does not eat of the wood of life promised. He is therefore in no sense immortal. The promise of life is that we shall have it when the victory is won. But we must first appear before the resurrection to learn whether we are accounted worthy or otherwise to him that overcometh saith the spirit I will give to eat from the wood of life who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the son of deity so did it come from man Our doc now comes straight out of the book here, the Bible, God's word. That's where it comes from. It doesn't come from me. So to trust in the Lord is to believe what we have learned by doing accordingly, by knowing and understanding the laws of Yahweh is not just enough. Just knowing and understanding is not enough. We must produce fruit. Producing fruit means that we must put into practice what we have learned from our doctrine. Living the life as we say we will when we made our covenant by baptism with Yahweh. We know that we are sinners. We know that we sin each day. We know that we've been fashioned or created by our Father. We understand that we're weak. So by these things, brothers and sisters, let us have continuance. Let's persevere and truth and knowledge and not faith while we patiently wait on the coming of our Lord hopefully then we'll be rewarded back over to Psalms 1 please verse 4 the ungodly are not so but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Who are the ungodly? Yahweh's concordance says they are without value, worthless, wicked, irreverent irreverent. Actually, what this means is they are without God in the world and have no hope. Job says in chapter 21, The ungodly have said to God, Depart from us, for we desire not the knowledge of thy ways. What is the Almighty that we should serve Him? What profit should we have if we pray unto Him? And in verse 18 it says, That they are as before the wind and as chaff that the storm carrieth away. Verse 5 of Psalm Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Here we have those three classes that I was talking about that a man can follow after or live these three classes, the ungodly, the sinners, and of the righteous. The ungodly will not even be at the judgment. Not going to be there. They're without God in the world. The other two classes of mankind will be there. The unfaithful will then be cast out into the lake of fire into outer darkness Uh, personally I've always kind of thought that if you grab you by the arm pull you over and chunk you into fire and that would be the end of it but the faithful will be accepted into the kingdom and that's, that's where we want to be we want to persevere and hold on so we'll be part of that group that receives eternal life. Psalms 5 5 tells us the foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. First Peter four, seventeen and eighteen once again gives us these three classes. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first began at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner be? We know where they're going to be. We hope we're not with them. We hope we're with the righteous. And finally, verse 6 of uh, First Psalms. We can't hide our sins, but they can be covered with prayer. Let me read it. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let's remember from as a child the memory verse that tells us the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Brothers and sisters, we've been watched. We've been watched, not by just each other. Because the Lord knows what we do. Living an evil and ungodly life will lead us to death. But living righteously by following after doctrine that we know to be right can lead us to life everlasting. In chapter 10 of John, this is a parable. Turn there if you would. It's a parable of uh, the good shepherd. Jesus is teaching that there is only one way to enter into the sheepfold. Verse 14 I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me even so I the Father. Even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. He's telling us here that He knows us individually. To me, that's what it's saying. He knows who is trying, who is doing right, and He and He knows who's doing wrong, who is putting forth only a half-hearted effort. We we can't do that. We have, as I said earlier, we have to give ourselves over whole, holy, holy to the Uh, Verse 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Brothers and sisters, do you hear this voice? Do you follow after righteousness? Are you doing it, or are you not doing it? Second Peter, chapter 3, verses 3 through 11, and I'll close with this. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own love, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water in in the water whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise. And some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, into which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with firm heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons are ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? What manner of persons ought ye be? Thanks.